Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Volley, as always, as the offseason marches on and the playoffs march on. Conference final is set in both conferences. The Florida Panthers will take on the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars beat Seattle in Game 7 and Vegas beats Edmonton in Game 6 to set up a Vegas-Dallas Western Conference final, which is just so cool. And It's fun. like we're living in 2020 again, man. Kind of is <laughs> like it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's full on off season mode right now. Griffin and I hung out here for probably about forty five minutes trying to figure out uh, what to talk about. There's not a whole lot of abs news going on, which I don't know is that a good thing or a bad thing? I feel like sometimes it's okay to not just have constant news. I mean, after an entire season where it seemed like they were getting news every other day. It's nice to know that there's not an extraordinary curse on this team that something yeah. has to be going wrong every five minutes. I will say that we should probably count our days of silence when it comes to this team before the offseason, because I've got a feeling there's going to be uh, maybe a couple of things to talk about in the oh, coming. Yeah. So we should appreciate some peace and quiet while we get it. Yeah, we'll appreciate it. Um, just like you appreciated the fact um, I'm a mustache man now. Uh, I, I'm sporting a freshly, uh, groomed mustache, uh, trying something new. Uh, I think you should join me. You look like you could have a pretty wicked stash. Um, and we can just maybe become friends with Matt Nieto and like play Fortnite I, with him. I just don't, I don't know if I'm bold enough for the stash. I've kept, I have kept my facial hair the same and I'm, everyone knows what I look like. Clearly I'm not a disembodied voice in your headphones at all, but I, I've kept the beard and the stash for a couple of years now. I, for a long time. I used to just not have the stash at all. It used to just be the beard. Oh, you'd go, you'd go full on me with like the Amish look. Yeah, I, I just thought I the, stash, the hell I thought, out of I thought the stash was gross until my brother was like, "You should just connect it." Like, I don't understand why you're yeah. not. Honestly, I don't know why either. One day I just grew it out. And I was yeah, like, oh, no, I mean, oh. you, you, we could join powers here, brother. Like, I feel like a whole new man. I was like, wow, that just looks so much better. <laughs> 
Well, because I... all, all throughout high school, I had my hair and my hair looked good back then, but I didn't connect the stash ah. and beard. So now in college, I've got the good facial hair, but I lost all my, my hair, my freshman oh, dude. year of college. I'll send you some pictures when we're done. Maybe I'll post them on Twitter. When I first was starting to be able to grow facial hair when I was like 19, I don't know what I was thinking, dude. Like it was just like little patches and I literally looked like someone drew on me with a Sharpie marker. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking. Like it, it, why didn't anyone tell me that it looked terrible? See, I, ne I never had that problem. I always could have looked good yeah. with facial hair if I just grew out the mustache. But I was like the first person to ever be able to grow a beard in middle school, basically. See, but that's where you, you 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 don't have any hair on the top of your head anymore. So it's like right. yin and yang, right? Like it's just like right, it was do? a trade off. I had yeah. I had mediocre facial hair, but I had a good head of hair. Now I got the good facial hair. And as long as I wear a hat, like I do in every episode, even though nobody can see me, this it makes me feel. I can't good. even tell. I remember the first time I saw you and you took your half. I was like, oh shit! I was not expecting that. But Most people aren't. They're blinded it, by it. It's all good, man. It's all good. But Speaking that's enough of, facial hair yeah. and hair talk. Uh, we are full on in off season mode, dude. Oh, like, we are so we are so full mode. off season right now. But speaking of people losing things, the Arizona oh. Coyotes might be might be on their way out of Arizona after the vote last night that rejected the Tempe Arena proposal unanimously. All three counts struck down, and. We've talked for a long time about the Coyotes, like they maybe they'll be able to survive in Arizona. The ASU stuff, it's on, it's for a couple of years. They're going to get this arena figured out, and hockey in Arizona is going to be just fine. And finally, those fans are going to get a product worth cheering for. This feels very different. This feels like we might be running out of options here. There might be no other choice but for the Coyotes to leave which sucks. It really sucks, but that's how it feels. Like it was that news got broke at like 9 PM. My time last night, I feel like yeah, brutally late news to get. And I mean, you got to feel bad for Arizona coyotes fans. You have to, I feel because, awful. because there are Arizona coyotes fans. And when we had the, remind me the name, Corey and Richie. Yeah. Corey uh, and what's Richie. the name of their show? Corey and Richie show. Oh, all right. Nailed it. Um, they showed me that there are fans of the Arizona Coyotes, and it's just been a shitty situation where the arena's in like the worst part of town. Uh, not the worst part of town, but just far away from where everyone is. And the way I put it is it just imagine if the Avs played in Boulder. Like that's how far away the Coyotes are from the main hub of downtown. It's just a colossal pain for everyone. This was Gila River Arena, the last one they were at. Now, now they're just at ASU, a college, so they, that's better, clearly. 5,000-seat arena. This has just been one nightmare over another. But even the whole ASU thing, like I've been on here and Coyotes fans have been on here being like, if this is just a stopgap so that we can finally have an actual place to play and will play for the next 20, 30 years at least, then that's worth it. And now we're looking at this like now that's not going to happen. We're not going to be in Tempe anymore. We've been now been booted out of three different cities, at least three different cities, unless there's one I'm missing, at least three cities. What else do we do at this point? 
other than go somewhere else? I mean, is the only option left to to beg the Suns to renovate their arena and spend millions of dollars to be able to support hockey? Well, did you see... I forget who tweeted it. It may have just been someone replying to a tweet, but they were like, they need to go beg the new Suns owner to buy the team so he can pay for the arena upgrades. I didn't see that, but I mean, what else do you do? If, if like That seems to be like the only way that it stays in Arizona at all. That seems to be the only way, uh, but also like this is where it can get annoying because the guy who owns the Arizona Coyotes is worth $2 billion. Like he's, he's worth a lot of money. Uh, you can pitch in to pay for part of the stadium, dude. Like, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was privately funded. Wasn't it? No, that's why they had to vote for it. I'm pretty sure. I, from what I saw, it was a proposed $2.1 billion privately funded project, which is, Interesting. Why, which is why I was really confused that they had such a strong opposition for it. And also that the opposition was reportedly way better funded and like, way stronger which is weird right it, it is and i've i looked into some of that after the vote passed they were just like yeah well we'd want like parks here instead right now it is a fucking landfill is a yeah it, it, it's wow. a dump yeah, <laughs> it's it a is, dump that's gonna take is, five years to clean up it is literally a dump it is a landfill and i i guarantee you they're not gonna turn that in the parks no way they're not gonna spend the time to do that they just didn't want to deal with this but it's also so weird that you have a owner worth billions of dollars that the NHL has tried for decades to get in Arizona, someone with deep pockets and a professional sports franchise. And yet you have executives for the coyotes going door to door to try to drum up support for their new arena. Like, I just don't understand how you're allowing yourself to get destroyed like that politically and lose this vote like pretty strongly too. like 57, 43 might not seem like a lot, but when it comes to a, a public vote kind of is that's big. Like, that's, that's a, like that's a blowout and it's, we haven't seen this in a while in all of the professional sports. Like the last one I can think of is, is like the Raiders and the Oakland A's, but that's just because Oakland is Oakland and right. like, it's a bajillion dollar place to live. Taxes are crazy. Arizona is not like it's not as expensive to live in. And it's it's so weird that like these these professional sport owners cannot find a place to build a fucking stadium. It's one of the largest metropolitan areas in the country. I mean, that's that's why the NHL has fought so hard to keep hockey in Arizona, because they want to tap into that market. But it also shows just how awful this organization has been ever since they moved to Arizona in was it 1996 from Winnipeg, where this entire time, this franchise that's only like four years older than me has not done a single successful thing. They went to the, the conference finals once. They have won their division one time. One time they won the Pacific division. And that was the same year that they went to the conference finals. It's this product has never produced anything of value that oh, even, oh, oh, their jerseys are cool. They have, they have cool, cool jerseys. jerseys. They have cool jerseys. But for basically 25 years, imagine being like 30 and the Coyotes move there when you're five years old and you've had to grow up with this your entire life and you've had one playoff run to cheer for. 
It's tough. That's what makes me think the fans that are actually loyal to this team like deserve everything in the world because, like you said, they've had 24 years of just shit. Yeah, it's been like there was. I was watching the the hockey guy break a lot of the stuff down. There was a comment on there that just broke my heart. Like this team was my fucking childhood. As they've known no success my entire life, and for years they've sold me on a false bill of goods that this team was finally going to improve and be better. And they have all these picks. We've we're in a college stadium right now, but they're promising this. And now, after all this, we're just going to get fucking booted out. I'm at the bottom of the whiskey bottle right now. That like it's brutal, man. Like it it's tough because in a way, like two Colorado Avalanche fans can kind of sound like hypocrites because we kind of ripped a team out of Quebec and it turned out to be the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like it's, it's what I enjoy doing in my free time is watching this team, but you have to feel bad for them. Like no one wants to see, you don't want to lose your team. Like, can you you imagine losing your team? Like imagine if the Avalanche were just gone. Oh, I don't, I, I don't know if I, like, I honestly don't know what, like, like how much smarter I would be as a person. Cause the amount of just random avalanche facts I have in my head is ridiculous. Like, I don't know what I do with all my free time. I wouldn't either. I mean, I have been very lucky with all of my sports teams in my life. I've seen all of them win at different points in my life. I've seen the Ravens win. I saw the Capitals win, saw the avalanche win. I, I'm lucky enough that not only do I not have to worry about not having my teams, I'm actively employed by one. Right. I, I cannot even imagine what it's like to just not have my team anymore, any of them. It's so sad, dude. And it was actually like pretty nice to see the amount of people who were like, like no one was really dunk. Like there were obviously still people dunking on them because there are just trolls on the internet. But a majority of people were like, yo, this kind of sucks, dude. Like, like this, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Like this sucks for the fans. And for as much shit as the Coyotes get for being a terrible organization, hockey in Arizona is like surprisingly not that bad. Like they have very good developmental programs. They've produced players like Austin Matthews and Matthew Nyes have all come from Arizona and they are going to be the ones that are substantially affected by this, not having an NHL team anymore. I mean, they have teams that compete internationally and their numbers are going to start to dry up. So like, I, I know the mean critique is, ha-ha, Coyotes, they have no fans. What's even the point of having a team there? There are people there that care about hockey and care about it a lot. And they have no casual fan base. How could they? They stink. They have not done anything for 25 years. But there are people there that care and care a lot. And this is going to dramatically affect a lot of people and a lot of their livelihoods. I mean, you don't even have to look that far. Clayton Keller was on Twitter right afterwards, just tweeting out the the sad emoji. You know, imagine all the players that are going to have to uproot and go follow this team around. <laughs> Could you imagine if you'd have to move from Arizona in the winter, which is probably like one of the best places to be in the winter, and then you have to move to somewhere that's just fucking miserable yeah like, like, salt, like salt lake yeah. city like they've been rumoring but like not even just the players you know sympathy for for millionaires like employees of the team and their families and everything like this this is this is going to affect a lot of people and this this sucks it really really does because i think this would have worked if this like got approved and voted on for yes I think the coyotes are doing the right things right now with the way they're rebuilding this team. 
They've got Clayton Keller, who is practically a point-per-game player right now. They're seeing some of their young guys start to step in and be decent players. I mean, they had a very dangerous line this year. Remember our games against Arizona? Oh, yeah. And going up against the the Schmaltz and Keller line? Ridiculous. Yeah, Barrett Hayton came into his own this year. They got Barrett Hayton. came out of nowhere. Yeah, they had a guy who almost was a rookie of the year candidate this year. They have a pretty high first overall pick again and the 12th overall pick from the Senators. They have eight second round picks, not even including this year's second round pick over the next two years. They have four second round picks in 2024 and 2025. Their own second this year, probably probably going to end up with another one before the draft rolls around, let's be honest. Then they have four third round picks after that and three third-round picks next year, and two in 2025. They're going to hit on some of these. And I think the most heartbreaking part of all of this is, like I was joking to you before we started, they're probably going to hit on this rebuild, and it's going to work, and they're going to be in a different city, and it's going to work really well, and they're going to win a cup. It's literally a mirror image of what happened with the Nordiques and the Avs. Like the Nordiques were god awful for so many years, and then they finally started to get it right with the draft picks. And then the first year they're good, they move to fucking Colorado the year after and go win a cup. Yeah, it sucks. Like the template's literally there. Yeah, we've seen it before. Yeah, and he, like I guess I was a little too. I wasn't super young. I was like what ten years old. I was old enough to know what was happening when Atlanta moved to to Winnipeg by. Kid. I can't really comprehend why. I'm just like, okay, that's a thing that's happening. But to I me, mean, as I've done more into it, it just kind of seems like they didn't have an arena and the Jets did. And the NHL was not very happy about it, but it's kind of what we're starting to see here. I mean, we've talked about it for, for years at this point. It's like, how, when is enough enough? I don't know. I, I don't know when enough is enough. And we give the NHL a lot of shit. We do. They have made more of an effort to keep hockey in Arizona than probably anything else they've done in the past 15 years. If the NHL put even half of the effort that they put into keeping Arizona as a a hockey market into literally anything else they ever do, we'd have a somewhat successful league. We'd have a we'd have a multi-billion dollar league. (laughs) We'd have a much better league than the one we do right now. If they tried even just a little bit as hard as they do in trying to keep hockey in Arizona, it's good that they're at least trying to do that, not just throwing their hands up whenever things start to get hard. But now you, you have to look at this situation where it's, you got evicted from your last arena. It's not like they didn't renew your deal. They kicked you out, said, fuck off, kick rocks. We don't care where you go. And now you are currently sitting in a college arena and you sold your fans on the promise that you were going to build this arena in Tempe and have the whole nine yards of an entire entertainment district. And finally, we're going to have a place to be. And it got shot down. Did, didn't even make it out of the voting phase. There is not a single shovel in the ground and there never will be. What do you do? You, you It sucks, but they're going to move. Like unless something miraculous happens in the next year where they can get a building started, they're going to have to move. Like it's, it sucks, but that seems to be the way this is headed is they're going to have to move. The, like 
The only saving grace is that they have four years left at ASU. So it's it's not like this is a dire emergency where right. they they don't have anywhere to go. It's not perfect, but they do have somewhere to play that they can at least reliably know can support a hockey team for a season. Not long term because it's a college arena. I don't think we need to reiterate that all that much. And at very least, we know that they're going to be in Arizona next season. And they're going to take time and figure this whole thing out. But it's like you said, like unless, unless there's a miracle, I don't know how you stop this. I don't. I, I really think the only way they can stay is if they go to where the Suns play and they're willing to invest money into that to get that ready for hockey. That that's I think that's the only way they can stay. I, I think that's the only option left. You either have to have the Suns owner buy it outright or just beg him for help. I I don't see any other possible way out of this. It's It's been two decades and it seems like this team has never had any point of stability outside of like a couple of years in the early 2000s. I mean, we really don't emphasize enough. This team has done nothing. Yeah, nothing. They, they stink. Like they made the playoffs their first four years in Arizona from 1996 to the 2000s, never won a round. And the abs are partially blamed for that after they beat them in 2000. But after that, they didn't make the playoffs from 2002 to 2009. They lost to the Red Wings, made the playoffs again next year, got swept by the Red Wings that time. Then they finally win a series against the Hawks and the Predators and got beaten the conference finals by the Kings and then did not qualify again until 2020. We know how that went for them. They lost to the Avalanche in the first round in the bubble. It also the bubble. So tragic for them that they couldn't even have a home playoff. Well, remember they went all in. They went and got Taylor yeah. Hall that year oh, too. Yeah. And I was I was fully on board with them doing that. They were finally good and a playoff threat. Like they were contending for the division, yep. not just making the playoffs weeks before they traded for Taylor Hall. I was saying you absolutely should yep. go and get this guy. You need to reward your fans. They got him. And it was okay. They were 11th, I think, at the point of the, the season getting cut off. So they might have missed the playoffs altogether still. But they still, by the rules in place, made it in and won one game. And since then, they have fallen off the face of the earth, practically. But they actually embraced a rebuild this time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they actually tore it down to the stubs. And they've gotten kind of screwed in the fact they haven't won the draft lottery. Like that's kind of fucked them over a couple times. Can you imagine if they won the Bedard lottery and we're having this conversation right now? Oh, bro, I I honestly think the vote may have passed. I don't I don't know if it would have been enough to make it pass because like it was pretty pretty decisive it getting voted down like that. But you imagine like the most hyped prospect. This is not even nearly as dark of a future as Chicago getting him, but still the most hyped prospect we've had since McDavid. And we find out a week later that he he doesn't even know what city he's going to be playing oh. in. That'd be brutal, dude. It'd be brutal. Better and than Chicago still. But. Yeah, way better than Chicago. But uh, yeah, man, like to the Coyotes fans, I, I don't know if any of you are listening. Uh, sorry. Like this is legitimately a sad story. Like it's a big time bummer. It really is. And I am going to keep my fingers crossed. We've developed a little bit of rivalry with the Arizona Coyotes. I don't like randomly the abs and Coyotes have big like rivalry now. Um, 
but Arizona, it's just, it's a good spot. Like to, if I want to go to a game, it's literally just a two hour plane ride and I can get over there and tickets are cheap and we have a good time. And it just makes sense having them in our division. Cause then when you play them back to back, it's like, okay, it's not that far of a flight. Like this is good, but it's, it's going to be tough, but uh, you already mentioned Salt Lake city as a possible place they could relocate to. What What's another spot that you're thinking of? And then I'll give you mine. There is a couple that Elliot Friedman brought up on 32 thoughts today for potential ones. He brought up Salt Lake city. The one that everyone jumped to right away was the Houston. He also brought up Sacramento, which I thought was interesting. I've never heard anything about Sacramento for any of that. And I'm trying to, here it is. So is Houston, Salt Lake city, Sacramento, or Kansas City. And this is what Elliot Friedman believes would be likely if the Coyotes relocate. I don't know how having a fourth California team would work, but it's an option. I I personally think it would be Houston or Salt Lake City. Yeah, I agree. I, I think those are the best. I like Houston more than I like Salt Lake City. Um, it, it's a bigger market, and I think they actually get a pretty good fan base out there. Um, they'd fit right in with all the other Houston sports outside the Astros. Like every other Houston sport fucking sucks. So yeah, I mean, it just, it just makes sense to have two Texas teams. It's one of the largest States in the country and most other sports do, unless I'm mistaken for some reason, like most other sports have two Texas teams. I think the NHL is the only one who doesn't. It does the NBA have two? Yeah. They have Houston and Dallas. And okay. San Antonio. I forgot about ends. Okay. Well, Jesus Christ. I, yeah. I was only thinking of the Spurs, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the Texans and the Cowboys, you have the Astros and the Rangers and the MLB. I mean, it, it just makes sense that you'd want to tap into that market twice because the stars are not a small market team by any stretch, no matter what people in Canada might say, just because they're in the South, but it just makes sense that you'd want to tap into that market more. Yeah. I, I think that just makes the most sense for the league to do. If it's not going to work in Arizona, you know, going a few states over to Houston doesn't seem like that bad of a fallback. No, and you keep that on the West Coast. Right. Westish Coast. Yeah. West Central. There will be, uh, before anyone brings up like Quebec or anything like that, it's not that the NHL hates Canada. It would just be such a massive headache to put, to move a West team to the East and then have to move a team west from the Eastern Conference after the massive stink that Detroit and Columbus put up all those years ago about being in the Western Conference. It just it doesn't make any sense for them to, to be doing that. And if I, I'm going to give my thought, and just because I think the NHL is this stupid, it would not shock me in the least if they end up in Atlanta. Honestly, it's been floated around enough that I think it's on the table. Like, it, it, would it shock you in the least if they're like, no. third time's and, a charm? Honestly, it might not be that bad. Like, it's been a while. They have successful sports in yeah. in Atlanta. And it's not like hockey. It's, it's kind of a lot like Arizona. It's not like hockey was a total disaster in Atlanta. There are programs there that worked. Ownership, much like the Coyotes, is just a bunch of fucking morons and couldn't get them in arena. If you get ownership that is willing to keep a team in Atlanta, you, you can take the word Atlanta and just replace this with Arizona and we're having the exact same conversation again. I don't think it's going to happen, but there would be a path to making that work. But on the other side of that, if you're going to do Atlanta, 
just keep them in fucking Arizona. It's the exact same problem. Yeah, but I also think the NHL is stupid enough to be like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. It'd and be, it would fit in the stereotype of Gary Bettman hating Canada. To it, would, give- it would be really fun for like three seasons. It would be, but did you see the like the fake Atlanta Thrashers Twitter? Yeah, I love that the, Twitter. The, that Twitter that they tweet or that Twitter that they tweeted, Jesus Christ. That tweet that they had, it was like, could you imagine if we got the Jets old team and they got our old team? <laughs> a perfect full circle. Yeah. And Gary Bettman strikes me as the type of guy who would do that type of shit where he's like, see, it's a perfect loop. Nothing yeah. ever happened. We've just, we couldn't make it work in one market. So we're going to make it work in another market that yeah. already failed. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook as right now new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. As we get towards the end of the first round and into the beginning of the second round, DraftKings has got you covered with same game parlays and all of the best lines and odds you can hope for on any sportsbook. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See show notes for details at DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Now, back to the episode. But like, I think the most realistic one, I think the one we both would want would be Houston. Yeah. I don't know why Salt Lake City just doesn't seem like a hockey city to me. I know it's a winter sports area, such, just because it's a mouth, Utah. Such a mouthful, so much. Yeah, to like say. what would their what would their team name be? I don't the even Utah know. Coyotes. I, I shouldn't talk this much crap about Utah because the Avs have an affiliate team, the Utah Grizzlies out there. Go Grizz! Um, but I just I don't know if they really need a NHL team. I think it just makes more sense for there to be a team in Houston and to have multiple Texas teams and to split out that market more and to draw in more Texas crowd. I just think that that makes more sense. Not, not that Utah won't ever get a team, but also one of the things that really interested me about this conversation is that there are a lot of potential buyers in cities that are not interested in relocation. They're only interested in expansion where they won't want to just take on the coyotes. Like they would want their own fresh team. And I, I think Freeman said that Salt Lake city was one of those places like they they want an NHL team, but they want their NHL team. And you look at Vegas and you look at Seattle and the success that they've had in such short amount of time. It's not really hard to imagine why they yep. they would want that. Yeah, it's not hard to imagine at all. Like it, it's the way the expansion rules are set up. These teams can compete right away. Yeah, like, as long as you know what you're doing, like you yeah. can, you can build a good team within three years. The last two teams we've had. One of them went to the Stanley Cup final in year one, has only missed the playoffs once, and is now in their fourth conference final in six seasons, where the only time that they didn't go that far was when they blew a 3-1 lead in round one, and then when they missed the playoffs. And now you have a Seattle team that was bad in year one, and then now has made the playoffs, won a round in year two, and was a win away from the Western Conference final this year. Of course they want an expansion team. You think they want the, the Coyotes right now? to just sit on that for five years while they're maybe good. Yeah. The expansion makes way more sense for them to do that type of shit, but it's, 
that but see that's the same thing it kind of applies to houston too because wasn't there a houston buyer in the market or like a expansion bid in the the when seattle was announced wasn't there a houston bidder as well i'm pretty pretty sure it's the same guy in the same story where it's like yeah they'll take an nhl team but they want their own they don't want to take the the coyotes who maybe will be good in five years maybe they want a team that has been proven that like if we hire people that know what they're doing can be a playoff team within three years. Yeah. And that, that's why like, that's what's tough about relocation too. Like, it, like, do you think Quebec would take a team where it's just, they do relocation? Absolutely. But that may be one of the few markets that do it. Right. And even then I, I think at this point, if the NHL is going back to Quebec, it's going to be expansion because again, I just don't see, a path where a, moving a West team to the East is going to work out. But also if you're Quebec, we're not saving you with the coyotes. Give us our team back. Yeah. How does that, how would that work if they got a team back? Would, would, could, I don't think they could be the Nordiques because technically we are the Nordiques technically, right? Well, technically the coyotes are the jets. The, they have all True. their, they have all of their records. All of the, the jets records from the old jets are the coyotes records. The jets That's have, badass. They had to start from scratch. That's badass. That's, isn't that so funny? Yeah, that, that kicks ass. The that Coyotes ass. who have done nothing ever just get to claim like Timu Solani. That kicks ass. That really <laughs> kicks ass. That's fucking funny. And yeah. the Jets, they just have to start from like the Thrashers. These oh, are, dude, these are Blake weapons. Wheeler is going to be the fucking leader in the clubhouse for so long. It's so funny. But yeah, I mean, the, the Nordiques, they can have their name back if they get a team. We own all your records, though. Yeah, but I'd love to see the Avs bring back the Nordiques jerseys more. I just wish they'd do that more. It's the best logo in sports. But I really would. But uh, yeah, I there's this is a very interesting story. It's not going to be figured out by tomorrow. We'll probably be talking about this for like you said, years to come, like yeah. the next three or four years. But this is this is going to be a topic all throughout this season. It's not going to end until the earliest next off season, where maybe if there's just absolutely nothing in Arizona. They're not going to stick around there for three more years in ASU. They'll just, they'll fuck off and go. Well, and ASU is more than happy to, because the Coyotes had to sink a bunch of money in to make that an NHL quality rink. So the, yeah. the, the Sun Devils get a better arena for free, basically. Yeah. They completely went out of that transaction. Yeah. And yeah, we're just going to have to see where this goes for the next little while. This is far from over, unfortunately for the Coyotes. I mean, you could see like right away, like they were shaken. By oh yeah. They were heartbroken, dude. I'd they, be heartbroken they, too. They genuinely didn't think they were going to lose. No, they didn't, but that's life, man. Like that shit fucking sucks. Like it's just a kick in the nuts. Yeah. So it sucks, but we'll see where it goes in time. I mean, expansion is such a tough sell as a whole right now that because 32 thing, teams is kind of perfect. Well, the thing is if you expand once, you got to expand. You got to expand. No, you got to expand three more times because then you're going to have all of your divisions all fucked up. Yeah. Because if you put you put one team in the Pacific again, then there's going to be nine. Okay, well you got to put one in the Central. Then that makes that nine. Now you have the Western Conference with two more teams. Do you put two more in the East just to even out? Because now we're talking thirty six. Like I just I don't see expansion happening anytime soon. For as much as I just said, cities want their own expansion team. So this could be the last time for a while. <laughs> that we see a, a team in a fresh city. Yeah. 
32 teams just seems kind of right. 34 seems like a lot. I, I just don't see how that would work. I really don't. Because once you start talking 34 teams and 36 teams, like, okay, should we expand the playoffs to 18 teams make the playoffs? It's it's so many teams. Yeah, it's certain, so many. And at a certain point, like, does that not start to dilute the market yes. a lot? And re- that- like, we, we talk about parity now. Can you imagine parity with 34 teams? Oh, there would never be a thing called a dynasty again. Never, 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 never. Imagine like they actually put four more teams in the league, and there's 36. Oh. You get like the you get the Nordiques back, and they put a team in in Utah and Kansas City and Sacramento. I just don't. I don't see how that would benefit. Kansas City could be interesting. Kansas City could. I think they're a dark horse in yeah. this. I they think love their teams in Kansas City. They do. And they don't have enough of them. So I no. wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they can somehow squirm their way in here and go and get themselves a team. Yeah, I bet you the Blues wouldn't be too happy about that, though. Probably not. But, you know, who cares what they think? Yeah, fuck the Blues. Yeah. But uh, let's we've spent 40 minutes almost on the Coyotes. Let's uh, let's uh, let's move on here a little bit. Um, I, I have ADHD so bad. man. Yeah, no, we, we really was, we, we really went off the rails there, but it was a good off the rails. Um Let's preview these uh, these conference finals. Uh, basically, it's just all the teams from the South, and I'm excited for them. It's been what three or four days without hockey now, and I'm I'm itching for some hockey, dude. Like I'm I'm in desperate need of some hockey. I need a fix. Yeah. And we'll start with the series that starts today. By the time you're listening to this, in Carolina and Florida, um, I think this is going to be a really fun series. I really do. I, I think both these teams are they're playing their best hockey of the year. The thing that scares me about Florida is, is Bobrovsky going to continue to play the way he's played? Yeah. For as much crap as people talking like, Oh, this series is so bad for the league and NHL only cares about small market teams. This is a fantastic series. Like I really am having a hard time still, even as I'm talking, picking who's going to win this series because Carolina has played really good hockey through two rounds, really deep hockey. Like they dismantled the Islanders when they beat them. The Devils outside of one game just really did not even have a shot, but they're desperately missing at the top, the guy that's going to save them. I mean, Sebastian Ajo has been good, but he's he's 10 points in the playoffs. It's not like he's been a, a game breaker or a superstar by any stretch. He's not anywhere close to the league lead in points. He's not even on the list basically. And, <laughs> Florida has those guys. I mean, they have Matthew Kachuk, who is really putting himself in the in the superstar conversation and potentially even one of the best players in the league conversation after the last two seasons that he's had. And this playoff run where even when he didn't score a goal against the Leafs was still incredibly dominant. And the Panthers are now getting contributions from up and down their lineup where we were dunking on them for this team having no depth. All of a sudden is getting a ton of depth scoring. And Carolina has better depth. Florida's got the better star power. And it's going to be Bobrovsky versus Freddie. Two guys who historically in the playoffs haven't always been great. I've not always been great. Which one's going to crumble first? The thing that scares me about the Hurricanes and why I'm leaning the Panthers in this series is the Hurricanes are scoring more than they've scored all year. Is that going to be able to continue? I feel like they're also giving up a lot more goals than they usually do. 
See, but, I think they're doing fine in the goals against department, but I agree with what you're saying. Like, is, is Jordan Martinook going to do that again, where he yeah. just had the most points any Hurricane has had in a playoff series against the Devils in five games? I mean, the guy's 10 points in 11 yeah. games. He had 34 points in the regular season in 82. And he's tied with Sebastian Ajo at 10 for the top. But they, they have a lot of guys sitting at six points and eight points. They're a deep team. Like they're, they're kind of like a better version of the Kraken. In yes. A way. And Florida is still, they're not as deep, but they have better guys at the top with Matthew Kachuk and Carter Verhage is a bona fide playoff performer. Like Sam Bennett has eight points. Sam Ryan or Sam Reinhart has eight points and six goals. Like this is a, a very interesting series. It's almost looking like a wash, but then you factor in the hurricanes defense, which is better. I mean, yes, the the Panthers have Brendan Montour, who was phenomenal in the Bruins series, but they they need more from Aaron Ekblad too. They do. They're going to win this series. Forsling has been fine, I would say. He's been pretty good, but if they're going to win this series, I think it's they're going to have to get more from Aaron Ekblad because the Hurricanes, Slavin, Burns, Shea, Pesci, Gostisbehere, they they've got it. They've got what they need on the back end, and I'm. We're gonna make a prediction for this series. I I think the hur the Hurricanes defense is probably gonna be what takes them over the top. I think this is an incredible series, and I think the Hurricanes are just gonna eke it out in seven. Yeah, I'm I'm going the opposite. Uh, the Panthers are the only team left that I wouldn't kill me to see them win a Stanley Cup. So I'm gonna let my bias get in the way. I, I think the Panthers get it done in seven. I do. I, I think the star power is gonna push them over the top. And I think Bobrovsky is going to have a couple bad games, but I think he holds down the fort. And he's he's playing some phenomenal hockey right now. And the Panthers are playing probably the best of any team left right now, maybe outside of Vegas or Carolina. Honestly, but, I, think, I think Carolina's playing the best hockey of anyone left right now. I mean, you watch their games. Like, they suffocated the Devils. The Devils looked bad in that series. And yeah. in large part, that's because of how the Hurricanes played them. And... Both of them wrapped up their series in five. I think the Panthers just had such an easy time with the Leafs that it might take them a minute to readjust to playing an opponent that is actually trying. This series, I think, is going to hinge on the first two games. If Carolina wins both at home, they're going to win this series. If the Panthers can make it interesting and steal one, that's where this series is going to start. Because yeah. the Hurricanes, I think, like they've won both games at home dating back to the the last time they didn't was when they played the lightning and they lost both games at home in 2021. Since then they've gone up 2-0 in every series they've played. Yeah, no, they have like, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I'm, I'm, I think the Panthers are just playing some damn good hockey right now. And I just, I think the Panthers, this is their time. I really do. Like it's just a gut feeling because the hurricanes by all metrics are the better team. Like they are the better team. They have better defense. They're kind of a wash at offense. And you could make the case Freddie's better than Bob. But something tells me the Panthers are going to win the series. I don't know why. I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. And I, I do want the Panthers to win this series. If I have to cheer for a team to win this series, it's going to be Florida. I don't like the Hurricanes. I mean, it's, it's not, they're just not my thing. And they have the better star power. I mean, this this series is going to come down to who holds up in net, whether that's Freddie or whether that's Bobrovsky. It might just be Bobrovsky's time, 
Like it might just be after all these years of being so close and falling apart at the wrong moments. He finally just holds it together for one playoff run and at least goes to a cup final. But I think when it comes to these Cinderella teams that we've seen over the last couple of years, they do tend to fall short against teams that are just playing damn confident hockey and just look, look. Damn. Oh, the hurricanes were that example. What? Like five, six years ago when they like, they swept the penguins. Who'd they yeah. sweep in the second round? No, they, they beat the capitals in seven. Uh, oh, and then they swept the penguins, right? No, they swept, oh. they swept the Islanders and then they got swept by the Bruins. Yeah. But they were the Cinderella team that year. Right. They and, were the vibe team. Yeah. And then so, you look at them and the run that they had that year. They got swept by the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final. And you go back to those, yeah, 2019 before the pause. You go back to the Habs in 2021 where they took care of business against the Leafs and the Jets who probably weren't very built for the playoffs. Genuinely upset Vegas. And then they went up against Tampa who were just playing like a machine at that point and got handled. And Carolina, they they lack the star power, which makes me hesitant to make to call them favorites for the cup. But just from what I've watched from them and the way that they're playing, and they're getting Teravine and back, which might be important. Yep. It, I think it's going to be enough to push them over the Panthers. But I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers just roll through them. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because, like, I, I completely agree with you. Like, the Hurricanes are the favorites in the series, and rightfully so. But I want the Panthers to win it, but just because they bother me the least of the last four teams. Yeah, they're the only team of four that I I don't actively dislike. Yes, even though yes. I know I I know I said otherwise when the the Avs played them last that I dislike the Panthers more, but we're not playing them right now. I'm not really going to care all that much. Yeah. They win. Plus, it's just funny. It would just be really really funny that they almost miss the playoffs by like a point. If like if the Penguins just beat Chicago, like we're talking, the, is most of this team's probably not even coming back. Next. Boston's probably in the Eastern Conference Final right now. Yeah, Boston's probably in the Eastern Conference Final. Or like if they get if Marshan scores with the second left in Game Five, yep. like they're just an eight seed that got destroyed by the Presidents Trophy winners. Probably talking about a lot of those guys not coming back. But now that they did that and beat Toronto, now we're talking about this team's a model for the future that other teams should follow. Just go tr- go out and trade Jonathan Huberto and go get Matthew Kachuk. Regular season doesn't matter. Is that going to go down as one of the worst trades of all time? It's it, I don't know worst of all time, but it's so funny that we looked at that trade all season as like a wash. Even even though that Matt Kachuk was vastly outperforming Huberto, the Panthers were not good for most of the season. We were like, wow, what a nothing trade this was. And now we're talking Kachuk is a heart finalist. And if the Panthers win... Probably going to get the con Smythe too. Yep. Yep. Like I, I saw that take earlier today and I was like, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. <laughs> let's give it more than one year. Yeah. First. Like Huberdeau still a very good player. He had yeah. a down, like a terrible year. His you worst get, year. Get him away from Sutter and yeah. then have a season next year. And then we can talk about it. Yes. If he's truly a fucking bum now. Yeah. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at Raycon. If you're anything like me, you've been asking yourself the question of what is wrong with headphones today? Why is everything so expensive? Why does everything sound so bad? And why does it just never fit in my ears? 
But thankfully, our sponsor today at Raycon has got you covered. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon believes that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other big name tech brands. They have easy and free return guarantees. And best of all, they've got plenty of features. Three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, crystal clear call quality, and eight hours of playtime on their everyday earbuds and their water and sweat resistant. And what I love the most, they fit. They've got custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. What a crazy concept. Headphones that actually fit in your ears. So what are you waiting for? Go to Raycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode. But you're going to go Hurricanes in seven. I'll go Panthers in seven. Uh, let's move on to the Western Conference final between two teams that I just hate the living shit out of. Like this is, I'm gonna watch this series, but I'm gonna hate every second of I'm it. I'm not gonna like it though. Yeah, like it, it's it sucks. Um, we old takes exposed ourselves hard on the last episode where we said the Oilers were gonna win. We didn't even finish uh, the episode. Yeah, or it was we did poorly, and the Oilers collapsed, which brought me some joy because I found that funny. But uh, because like before we do that, the, the Oilers, what, what can they even do this offseason? Like, like this team is going to be the exact same next year. And this was the year to get to the cup final. Yeah, they, blew to- it. they totally wasted their chance. Totally wasted it. And you got outplayed by Aiden fucking Hill. Yep. They should have started Campbell in the last game. They should have. Yeah, they should have. Stuart Skinner was bad in this series. Yeah. Hindsight's always 2020, but even then leading into that game, it's probably suggested it's maybe time to give Campbell the chance in net. And I think McDavid was hurt. I think the hit he took. Oh yeah. He really affected his knee. Didn't seem to affect him that much. Still led the league in points in the playoffs, but dry after he went crazy, kind of went quiet in the last couple of games, which mattered a lot. Kane was not that impressive in these playoffs at all. Three goals, two assists, five points in 12 games. When last year, he was one of the big reasons why they made it to the conference final at all. Nugent Hopkins only. Oh, dude, I got some takes about him. Like that that dude was the luckiest player of all time to play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on the power play. Once it got hard in the playoffs, he was a no-show. Yeah, one goal in 12 games. Got 10 assists, but one goal in 12 games is not going to cut it. And had 104 points in the regular season. Doesn't mean anything now. And this feels like genuinely such a wasted chance. And they got Mateus Ekholm at the deadline. And now he he is undisputedly their best defenseman, which shows just how shit their defense is. That getting Ekholm just brings it up to, like, I'd say even still below passable when it comes to I'd say mediocre. I'd, I'd still have it below mediocre. Darnell Nurse sucks. The guy is like that is, in my opinion, one of the worst contracts in the league. Could potentially be number one because you want to guess what year this contract is in right now? Isn't it? It's in year one, isn't it? Year one. He signed the extension uh, in 2021. So the 9.25 did not kick in until this season. So there is still seven more seasons of Darnell Nurse making Kale McCarr money for the Oilers. 
for a guy who's just not that fucking good guy who is just not good defensively. It could like realistically probably the third best defenseman on that team, but besides Ekholm and Bouchard, which for 9.25, like that, that is a boat anchor that's going to sink you for some reason. I always thought he was younger than 28, but like the guy's in his prime right now. Yeah. He's not going to get better. (laughs) This is, this is a contract that is going to sink them. He makes more money than fucking dry That's hilarious. Which also shows the discount that Leon Dreisaitl is on is still going to be on for two more seasons. But that's also the thing here when you talk about the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl has two years left at 8.5 after this season. So starting next year, 8.5 for two years. And then McDavid, 12.5 for three more years. Time's running out here. We're getting to that point where last year they genuinely went on a run probably got a little lucky with their playoff matchups and played a Kings team that wasn't ready and a a fraud of a Flames team before they got annihilated by the Avs in the Western Conference Final. And then this year, they had a good first round against the Kings, got a good bit of a scare. They were almost down 3-1 in that series. And they went back and forth with Vegas for a while, but they they could not hold up against them. But that's also the thing is like, I don't know what they do this off season because they, they are locked into these guys for a while. And I don't know how you really make this team better than it was. If I don't know. There's gotta, if you could move off that Campbell contract, but you're going to have to trade assets to get that. But that that's like the only way you just, you just have to hope that Campbell and Skinner get better because they signed Skinner to an extension, 2.6 for three years starting next year. They're paying $7.6 million for two goalies? Yep. Campbell's, wow. Campbell's $5 million bucks for four more years after this, and Skinner's going to be 2.6 starting next season. So 7.6 for What both. do the Avs pay a combined? They pay like $5 million? 5.4 for Yev yeah. and Frankie. Pretty solid cap management Pretty- there, if you ask me. Pretty good stuff that you don't just have to throw money at every UFA goalie that comes across your book. Well, that's a very like un-Ken Holland thing to have that much money invested in goaltending. I just don't think Ken Holland's very bright. No, he's not. But regardless, I mean, kudos to the Knights in this series. Like, I I did not think they were going to be able to win this series, and they kind of made game five and six look easy they against the Oilers. They, I think they got a little lucky in game five, but game six, they handled the Oilers are is Vegas the most disrespected one seed of all time uh probably probably I I can't remember a one seed in a conference constantly being written off like this and I am not innocent of that I I I didn't pick against them against the Jets but I said Vegas in seven because I just I didn't believe in that team all that much and I thought the Jets were better than they were I said the Oilers in six and there are they're on some metrics underdogs against Dallas again. And I get it why Aiden Hill is not exactly a starting goalie that gives me confidence to be a guy that's going to get you through the Western Conference final and Stanley Cup final. But this is a good team. Bruce Cassidy has done an outstanding job with them this season. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in this series. Eichel has been very good in the playoffs. He's got 14 points. Marcia so had the natural hat trick in game six that clinched the series. 
I, I have the same problem with them that I kind of do with Carolina, but they're getting good depth scoring, but I just, I don't trust Aiden Hill to be able to do that again. That's exactly my point. Like it, it I can see why Dallas is favored in this series because I would honestly, the way Vegas's forward core and decor playing, I think they're better than the stars are right now. But if you're telling me I get to pick between Jake Ottinger and Aiden Hill, I'm taking Jake Ottinger all fucking day. But if you blindfolded me and showed me their stats in the playoffs, you would get them mixed up. Right. Aiden Hill, because Ottinger was pedestrian against yeah. the great in game seven. Wasn't it wasn't the game seven he had against the Flames, but he still only allowed one goal and it was with 17 seconds left in the entire game. But he was just okay in that series. And Aiden Hill, credit to him, when Brassois went out, was a brick wall. Yeah. He was excellent for the rest of that series. And and with Dallas, too, I mean, Rope Hintz has been excellent. He has 19 points. Robertson's picking up points, but he's not scoring a lot. They need more from their top guys, but depth scoring wise, they're, they're doing just fine. Yeah. And this is going to be a, I think this series is also going to go like six, seven games. I, I don't see either team closing this out in five. Um, I'm leaning, I'm leaning the stars right now in seven, just because I trust Jake Ottinger more than I trust Aiden Hill. This is another super tough one to call. But like my my first instinct was, yeah, Vegas is probably going to win that series. Then you think about it a little more, like nah, stars. I think it really does just come down to to Aiden Hill and and Ottinger in that shocking take that the goalies in this series are going to be important. But if Aiden Hill can keep it up, then that's a big get for the Golden Knights, obviously, and. I think also he might have had the advantage of a goalie switch in the middle of the series where the Oilers could not adjust to a new goalie. The Stars have had like, when even was that game seven on Monday at this point? Monday. Gonna, yep. The series is going to start on Friday. They're going to have plenty of time to break down Aiden Hill. And this guy's been around the league for a minute now. He's played 101 games in the regular season, and the only playoff games are the ones he's played against in this series against the Oilers. And... You, you just you look at everything on paper. I think you you give the star power advantage to the stars. You give the depth advantage to the stars. You give the goaltending advantage to the stars. And plus, Pete DeBoer, guy knows the Golden Knights. I think I'm I'm talking myself into Dallas when I started this conversation with my pick being the Knights, but I, I'm talking myself into Dallas right now. You're muted. Yeah, sorry, I was muted there. That was that. that that's, that's just a, uh, battling a cold. So I'm trying not to hear you guys. Let you guys hear me coughing up a storm. Pete DeBoer is going to make a difference in this series, and I think Dallas. I think these teams are very equal on paper. I, I just think Dallas has more. I don't even know if it's stars is the right word. I I just trust Dallas more than I trust Vegas. I mean, it is. They do. They have Jason Robertson and Rope Hintz in these playoffs has to be in that category. He's yes. been one of the best players of the playoffs. And if Dallas wins, we'll get the con Smythe. And Joe Pavelski is fresh off of scoring eight goals in the last series against the Kraken. He's hot right now. And if they can get Robertson going, like the series may not be close. Like that's, that's what I'm thinking too. Like Robertson has been quiet, but he hasn't been bad. Right. Where he's picking up points, just not a lot of goals. He's only got two in the playoffs, which makes me think he's due to break out 
a little bit. And it might be in this series against Vegas. You And people have brought up the regular season record. The Stars went 3-0 and against them, I believe. Yep. Two of them were in the shootout, though. I, yes. You can't really put a ton of stock into that. But the one when they did have was a shutout, which basically means the regular season record, you can't really take anything yep. out of. I'm going to lean Stars. I think this is another razor close series. Yep. I, I have a hard time seeing either side really pull away with this. I don't want to predict two game sevens in the conference finals, but I, th- I think I have to. And if it goes to a game seven, Pete DeBoer is undefeated. And undefeated. Against his former team, I, I just don't think Vegas has enough. I, I don't think they have enough right now with all their injuries and so many goaltending questions. I, I think Bruce Cassidy is the better coach than Pete DeBoer and has done a great job with this team. It just feels so weird to see how they handled the Oilers and then turn around and be like, yeah, but I think the stars are going to be too much for them. Yeah. It's tough to say that, but I don't know why I'm leaning stars in this one. I am. Again, I'm going to talk myself back into Vegas because I, for a lot of that series against Seattle, I was not that impressed by Dallas. I don't know if that was Seattle making them look bad or if they just, didn't look their best, but I I thought the stars could have been way better. I think you can take that argument both sides that the stars are going to be better against yeah. Vegas in this series, or it's a sign of things to come when they play a better Vegas team. You you can really talk me into to really any team in the Western yeah. Conference Final, not only winning their series but winning the cup. Like there is no clear cut favorite. Like this this is 2019, but on crack. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Like I said, I'm excited for these conference finals. I think they're going to be a blast. Like I know a lot of people will say, oh, this is bad for the league. These are four really good teams that I'm excited. Like they match up well against each other. I know I ranted last episode about the whole small market thing, but if you genuinely think that the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars are small market teams, you need to give your head a shake. Yeah, We're talking about lost fucking Vegas and a team that has printed money for the league ever since they came into it. And Dallas, Dallas is not small market. And even Florida, we always look at as like small market. It's Miami still. It's still, if they can tap into that market, huge, also a massive arena. And Carolina, I'm not going to argue these are not small market teams because they are. But Carolina has a very loud crowd, a very passionate fan base. This all is still good for the league. And even still. I talked about it last episode where last season you could not have had much more go right for the league with a new TV deal, a new expansion team, a final four of New York, Tampa, Colorado, and Edmonton, and fantastic ratings in that final four with good markets. Salary cap went up a million bucks. Yeah. Ads on the jerseys, ads on the helmets, digital ads on the boards and everything. And the salary cap's still not going up because it does not, those things don't matter. That stuff, that stuff puts money in the owner's pockets. Salary cap will go up with CBA negotiations and revenue splits between players and owners. That stuff will not affect us or the salary cap whatsoever. So my advice, you don't own the TV rights to any of these products. You just, you just get to watch them if you so choose. No one's forcing you to do this. You can just watch the hockey and enjoy it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You can just enjoy the fact that we're probably going to have two very good series and an entertaining Stanley Cup final, even if it's not the biggest markets or the best stories. Oh, well. Correct. It's not going to put money in your pocket unless you're betting on it. Yeah. Well, well I will be. 
I will be. Use promo code THPN at DraftKings if you're interested in it too. Did I get that right? You did. You do all the ads, so I will go from there. But those are our conference final previews. The one bit of abs news that we have, and this is what we'll wrap the show with, and it's not even news. It's just a crazy theory that was it Jeff Merrick put out there. It was it was Jeff Merrick talking on one of his, it was either his show or Thirty Two Thoughts. I think it was his show. Uh, the Jeff Merrick show, so, so I'm properly crediting it, saying that if William Nylander, you know what, I should be responsible and probably find this. Before, yeah, no, I mean, you're the journalist I, of the two. I am not a fucking Hey, man, you're going to school for it, dude, so no, I'm, I'm a you can't trust me, dude. Look, I have a fucking mustache, man. I'm like, I look like a fucking... Mate. I'm a comm major, too. I'm not a journalist. <laughs> Oh, I, I played I played pretend as a journalist at Fansided <laughs> for five years. That does not give me credentials. You're just as much of a journalist as I am right now. Whoa, bro. Let's so, let's not get crazy. In terms of position, we have the same job. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I have a mustache now, so I, I can't be trusted. I have a mustache and a beard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. We're we're stalling till you find the quote. I probably should do that then. Yeah, I'm looking for it right now, and I can't find it. Okay. So, I, I so need Merrick to on 32 Thoughts. If you make William Nylander available, I know a lot of Nylander haters won't like to hear this. There will be a huge market for William Nylander. The one that keeps popping out to me when I think about if the Leafs want to go to market with Nylander is Colorado. And he continued by saying, you telling me the avalanche where uh, this is a very weird quote typed out there's a lot of spelling errors in here so excuse me if i get a couple of this wrong and trip up on my words because this is a fucking tongue twister you telling me the avalanche where landis Gog is not playing next season and we have a whole bunch of questions about the future of nachushkin you're telling me that couldn't be home for someone like nylander with their structure and their leadership group now this is interesting it is i see where he's coming from nylander has one year left at a similar contract to what Gabe Landeskog makes for count for reference. Gabe Landeskog makes $7 million and William Nylander, his cap hit is 9.62. So you really could not get, I'm sorry, 6.92. I got that backwards. Yeah. You made a face at me and you're still muted by the way, but it was uh, 6.92, not 9.62 for William Nylander. So a negligible difference of only a couple thousand dollars. I see where he's coming from, and I'm interested to get your take on this. I I just don't see it personally. I don't see it. I would love William Nylander on the abs. Let, let's just call the spade a spade. William Nylander with the abs. Like the text you sent me with, could you imagine McKinnon, Ranston, and Nylander on the line? That's disgusting. He'd be great, and he's been really the only – good playoff performer for the Leafs in these past four years. But like you were saying before we started recording, the Leafs aren't going to take draft picks for him. They want a player who's going to help them win too. And I don't think the Avs are willing to part with a player who can help them win to get another player who can help them win. I just don't see the Avs doing that. Right. It's like, yeah, William Nylander would be great here. I, there's no real debate about that, but you have to give up something in order to get this guy and he only has one year left at just south of $7 million. The Leafs aren't going to want Sam Girard because that's not the kind of player they're looking for. You're not giving up Bo Byram for one year of William Nylander. And I don't really think we have anything on offense that we would be willing to trade for one year of William Nylander. And the ones that the Leafs want, 
we're not going to give them, that really only leaves the only option for trading in a, a fair trade is Devontae's. And I don't know about you, but I am a hard no on that. I'm a hard no on it too, but the only way that you would trade Devontae's is if he tells you, hey, I'm not going to resign here. Right. That, that's the only way Devontae's gets traded. Right. That's, like, it. that's that's how this trade would materialize is if Devontae's, who has won a Stanley Cup here and gets to play with Kale McCarr, looks at his situation and goes, hmm, I think I can do better somehow. But if that does happen, then you would have to explore the trade avenue because you don't want that guy to walk for nothing and you're not going to trade him mid-season when you're trying to win a cup. So you have to try to replace him somehow in the offseason. This is all a fairy tale of a situation, but we are digging the barrel for stuff to talk about right now. So at least humor us. That is the only thing in this deal that this hypothetical trade that will not happen that makes sense. The only way. Like the Leafs are not trying to like tear down their team. They still want to win a cup. Right. They aren't going to trade Nylander for picks and prospects. They just aren't going to do that. Right. Like if you, if you offer them, a, we'll, we'll give you the, the 27th overall pick this year and uh, Sean Barron's and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be good and we'll, we'll throw in foodie as well. They're not going to take that because that doesn't no. help them. Like, yeah, no. you, you give up good prospects, but that does fuck all for the Leafs right now. Yeah. The Leafs are still a, I say in quotations, a Stanley cup contender. They like um, to think they are. Yeah. Like they're still going to be trying to win. So yeah, that makes so much sense on paper. William Nylander on the abs makes a ton of sense. And it, it's kind of nice to have these conversations again, because remember when any player said they were going to get traded and it was like the abs would be a perfect fit for him. It's good to know that narrative is still alive. Yeah. I mean, I, I see where Merrick is coming from with this when you look at Landeskog's structure and that there, he's probably hopefully going to play next next season and Nylander's just probably going to walk in the UFA if this trade for some reason does materialize. I see the fit with that. But also, when it comes to Landeskog and his salary and how you're going to replace it, I don't think you should put it all in one guy. No. I think you should put that into multiple players where you fill out the depth that was a big problem in the offseason or in, in the light of the offseason in the postseason <laughs> this year it's the reason we're in the offseason right now is there was no depth scoring so if you take that seven million and you put half of it in evan rodriguez for 3.5 you put another two million bucks into a, a third line center and another good million bucks or so into a guy on the fourth line and use because the ads are going to have money believe it or not they still can fill out a team this season even if they didn't have Landis Gog's money to spend it just makes more sense to me to spread that out throughout your lineup because your top six as long as you get a good second line center I don't know oh, and if Nachushkin comes back that's that's yeah. that's another big question mark that I'm sure we'll dive into more as the, se- the offseason goes on yeah the fact there isn't a resolution to that is still concerning yeah it is the the elephant in the room that we really cannot address because nothing's changed. Right. Because we right. just, we don't have any information. So because, because, I mean, that's what, where we are. We, yeah. we have to, we have to like even speculate, like he might not be back because we don't know what's going on or he might, he might just walk through the door day one of training camp and act like nothing happened. That would, that's more than likely what's going to happen, but it, it's still like that's questions going to loom over our head for yep. probably the whole off season. That's, that's what I was saying uh, at the beginning of the episode. Like, we should enjoy our peace while we have it. Yeah. Because we don't know what's coming. Correct. So, 
yeah, so like, back on the positive side of things yeah. before we start getting too into the the more the morbid part. Go back to it. Nylander on paper, when you look at salary wise, makes sense. Fit wise, I just don't see the deal. I mean, the the Leafs, if they're trading William Nylander, are going to want a player that helps them win, and there are other teams that fit that bill better than the Abs do. Correct. Correct. Like, I would honestly love to see William Nylander on like the Coyotes. Yeah. But they won't trade into the Coyotes. No. They, He's I a mean, good player. I mean, maybe they would if they offered maybe. a thing. Where I would really love to see William Nylander, if I can get very selfish here for a second, is in Washington. But again, I don't see how that trade materializes. But Well, they would have to move Kuznetsov with it. And could you imagine Kuznetsov with the Toronto media? Someone would die. Yeah. Like, uh, that would be a fucking nightmare. But it seems like William Nylander is the odd man out, which sucks because I think he's been the best playoff performer for the Leafs the past three years. It's um, it's so odd because the more we talk about the Leafs, the more it might seem like that nothing changes at all. Like they, they all might be back. <laughs> yeah, they really might. Matthews wants, Matthews wants an extension. Tavares is impossible to move. Marner is very difficult to move. And if you do, you're not going to get value, value for him. the value yep. that you want back. And Nylander is their best value, but is also a UFA next year and is going to make more money. Correct. And so probably leaves him as the the odd man out, but is probably the one you want to keep because makes the least amount of money and is giving you the most value. Dubas is probably going to get an extension. And like maybe the only thing that changes with the Leafs is they just don't have like Keefe next year or something. Mike Babcock's back, baby. Columbus interviewed him and so did the Rangers. Yes. Which will be which would be very funny if that happens. Oh, yikes! But yeah, that, that that was the little bit of abs news that we had, and it's not even news; it's just speculation. So no, it's it's literally someone's idea they had yeah. the podcast. It's cool. I like, like it. A media, I like it. A media figure said, "Hey, this would be cool." Yeah, and we're like, "Yeah, we'll talk about that too." Yeah, because what else are we going to do today? Right, right. But honestly, man. This episode went a lot longer than I thought it would when we were first yeah, talking about it. But yeah, uh, I don't think I have anything else. I'm literally about to die from a cough, so I'm going to let you take it away. Sounds good to me. So that'll do it for us on this edition of the Teledapted Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And before I forget, the Teledapted Is mailbag for the first time is open. It is currently pinned to our Twitter page, and it will be in the description of this episode if you have any questions you want to ask about the abs or the nhl in general or just ask about us i don't know why you would but you can it's a form i would i'm gonna have to read all of it so if you have any questions about anything you want us to answer on the show feel free to send it there our first official segment for it will be on monday monday next episode comes out we will probably start doing a whole mailbag segment we'll workshop how and when we want to do that over the next little while. It's a great time to start experimenting with stuff. Oh, yeah. We just have so much time to kill. But that'll be in the description of the episode and also pinned to the Tell It Abs It Is Twitter page. So we'd appreciate if you send a couple of questions our way. But again, we're going to wrap this one up here. Use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, 
Let's go, Avs. Let's go, Nuggets, baby. Let's go, Nuggets, baby. Three wins away from the NBA Finals. We'll catch you guys then. But let's go, Avs. We'll see you later.